and we are recording. Woo-hoo! Talking about that classic film from 1968. It's, it's one of a kind. It's Barbarella. Psychedella. Barbarella. Psychedella. That's I don't that, know the tune. That's not the tune at all. I'm kind of grateful I don't know the tune. I'm I'm going through having songs in my head, and that's not one I want in there. It's a good. I I enjoy it. It, it sets the mood. It definitely sets the mood. So does her getting naked in the first five minutes. You mean the first thing you say? So naked. And her awkward disrobement of a spacesuit. The least comfortable way of doing it. And her shag carpeted van o' love. Spaceship? Sorry. Spaceship o' love. Not really, because, you know, you just take pills. So whatevs. Yes. Ah, sex pills. Oh, her husband directed this. Or her then-husband directed this. Then. Roger Vedem. Yes. This is Italian-French science fiction at its finest. As far as I can tell, yes. As far as I've seen, yes. I I, I can't tell you that. I, like, uh, what was um Fifth Element? Was that French? It's French influence, yeah. It's, I think it was American Money, but it was a French director. Okay. Because, I mean... Mm-hmm. Then, then Fifth Element is my favorite French film. But this is also an Italian film. It is so Italian. It is Gola May right up the ass. Well, it's not also with the, you know, marble statues on her spaceship. I love that one of the marble statues was, in fact, her communications device. Well, you know, what else are you going to have other than a gold statue be your, you know, video portal? Your, Just some boring screen? Your video portal. Your boring screen. It was odd. Like, it reminded me a little of, um... Neverending Story, with those statues that zap him into oblivion if you fear. I don't think I've ever seen a Neverending Story. Oh god, there are so many movies you're adding to my queue of things to, to do to you. If, I keep, you, if you. I keep saying them, you'll just kind of like jumble them together and say something else when you get to get a chance. So the, the Neverending Great Outdoors? Yes. <laughs> I'd watch that. You watch a lot of crap. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I watch a lot of glorious crap. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, what? Oh. I think you are delusional, my friend. Glorious crap versus 80s comedy crap. Oh. It's a good movie. Dan Aykroyd. Doesn't even have to make finest. a good movie. No, uh, but he was he was really good in that. And why can't, why can't I remember his name? I don't know. I don't even know who was in the movie. <sighs> Uncle Bud. John Candy. Yeah. John Candy stars Dan Aykroyd seconds. Your standard 80s wives. Standard 80s kids. I'm not being sold. It was a family. It, was fa- you're, it doesn't matter. You'll watch it. Uh-huh. And you'll like it. Oh, there's no guarantee of me liking it. In fact, I could easily see me picking a variety of these movies just for Be a Better Geek. Because they definitely helped formulate me as who I am. Which is a normal episode. Mm. Now that we've shifted the format quite a bit. Back to Barbarella. Oh, yeah. So, so she exists. She's naked. She's communicating. She needs to say. She needs to go to the planet. I forget the name. No, of no, she, it's not even the, like the planet. She needs to say. save Doctor Duran Duran. There you go, Duran Duran, from the Tau City region. He's 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 there. He is, he is the inventor of the positronic ray. A weapon. A, a Who would we- want a weapon? A weapon that the Earth leaders will fear will fall into the wrong hands, which is astounding because no one needs weapons. This is the future. 
with its total peace. Exactly. The galaxy's at peace and everything. I love the fact, though, that as much as it's total peace and they're scared that the weapon will fall into the wrong hands, when they send her onto the mission, they pretty much matter-transport the armory to her boat. They take things out of the Museum of Armaments. See, now, this is also another problem I have, is just that they broke the game by just being like, you know, we're a billion trillion fucking you know, light-years away from you. We're just going to teleport these weapons to you. No matter of distance, we're just... Shoop, there you go. Got it. So, is there some reason they can't just track down Duran Duran and be like, well, he's back. They can they can move objects. They can't track people yet. I see. Other than how short distance is. Shouldn't she just be able to, like, when her ship breaks down for the 50th time, just be like, um, teleport me a new ship, please. Small things. I see. I see how we're just making see, rules. Italian sci-fi is exactly like that, though. You make up rules as they're needed. It's like having the worst DM in your game. Oh, no, no, no. You can't fire that far now. So, Barbarella needs to go, so she goes on her magical, wonderful journey that's almost like um, Alice in Wonderland. Sometimes it seems like... So, yeah, so she, la- she, she crash lands on the planet... And is attacked by creepy children and so, their fucking creepy dolls. So fucking creepy that chew on you with metal teeth and oh, oh. It was one of the most creepy scenes I've ever seen in a movie. And I've seen lots of messed up shit. But those little dolls and those bitey, bitey teeth. And those those little ginger wannabe brats with their, their hollow laughs. Oh. And those fucking dolls. Oh. Until she's saved by the hairiest man in the galaxy. Who's so hairy, he needs to wear a hair vest to make it seem like he's not as hairy as he is. Well, yeah, he, yeah so, so, okay, so we learn pretty quickly that the currency in this planet is, in fact, having sex with people. No, I think he just saw Jane Fonda and was just like, no, I can make this work. <laughs> what can I do for you? Sex? But I don't have any pills. That's how we have sex. With pills. Pills and hand-holding. Pills, hand-holding, and mind-sinking. For someone who doesn't like touching people, that must be, like, the ideal world. Here's my pill. Let me barely touch you. Got it. Some sort of weird mind-sink Vulcan thing. And we've sexed. And you have to be compatible, too, which is yeah. the problem I have later in the movie, but we'll get to that, I suppose. But we also learn that, you know, there's still poverty in the world we learn later in the film. Absolutely. Which, again, that is where I, like, wait a second. So we've got world peace. We have galactic peace. But poverty. poverty. Strong, lots of poverty. Yeah. Poverty that is still a known issue. And it's like, just take some of the, the gold lame off things and sell it for some food. You know? Or just give, give them some gold lame. They could clearly use it. True. So Barbarella is rescued by Mark Hand, the, the catchman, the hairiest man in the galaxy. Yes. And he's like, let's have sex, because I saved you. And she's like, I don't have a pill. And he's like, I have a penis. We can still make this work. Well, in the old way. And they do so, and for the rest of the movie, she's a little bit distracted. Well, she learns the goal. She, she learns how much the old, how fun the old way is. Mm-hmm. Which makes it all the more funnier when later on someone wants to have sex with her, and she's just like, okay, well, show me your penis. And he's like, but I have pills. And she is clearly disappointed. disappointed. 
So, and then her vessel is for the first time, but not the last time, is damaged. Yes. Well, it's damaged when it gets to the planet. It gets repaired. By Marcan, post-coital. Yes. And then it crashes over the labyrinth of, like, good people. Sure. So she's found by an, a blind angel named Pygar. Because, sure. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Absolutely. It's Pygar, the blind angel. Check. Who can't fly. Who can't fly because he has lost the will to fly. Still yes. has the will to live. Not to fly, though. But. Can't quite get up in the morning. Spoiler alert. Apparently, if you've lost the will to do something, you should have sex. With Barbarella. With Barbarella. And you will get that will right back. Toot sweet. Yes. Before she wakes up, even. Exactly, because then Barbarella wakes up and he's all flying everywhere, and she's just like, I guess I have a magic vagina. <laughs> so this is how sex works. I can control men with this thing. So Barbar Barbarella needs to go to the Sogo. The yes, decadent Sogo, city. yes. The decadent city. Which is built on a lake of evil. Yes. Powered by a liquid essence of evil... Called the Mathmos. Yeah. Why do you build your city on the Lake of Evil? Well, because it powers things. It's it's clearly oil. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's oil or like bad Lovecraftian emotion or something. Either way. Oil, bad Lovecraftian emotion. Really, it's the same thing. Same thing? Okay. Okay. As, as stated in the first season of Star Trek The Next Generation, where the evilest thing in the entity was a big oil slick. We, we ignore... Tasha Yar died in some episode... Tasha Yar died off-screen sometime. No way! That is, like... That's the best episode, because Tasha Yar dies in it. And you're she like, dies yes, off-screen. Tell she just dies off-screen somewhere. Nah, nah. I need her to die, and I need to see it. And they come back to Romulan? <sighs> Twice? Tasha, Tasha Yar somehow comes back later on in episodes. I'm not sure which are. <laughs> Alternate universe, and then she, then she sent back in time. I don't, I don't And has a Romulan no, half daughter. Don't remember? No, definitely. Yeah, Romulan half daughter named Sela. Definitely. Uh, it's, it's a confusing time in Star Trek. It's who knows. In any case, so the Barbara is a Romulan half daughter. So we have the great tyrant, who's like the mirror image of, Bi of yes. Barbarella. Her dark hair, red, black, yeah. evil lesbian. But, yeah. Although has wants that like the angel. And Barbarella. Yes. I mean, it's quite clear. She clearly wants to have sex with everybody. But especially Barbarella and the Angel. Yes. Well, they're good, so it's got to be better. Exactly. So Pygar gets left to become Barbarella, or, uh, the Great Tyrant's plaything. And Barbarella gets to be in a cage, pecked to death by birds. Yes. fun. And then the Resistance, who are the good people in the city, even though we're told there are no good people in the city. Shh. You know, have an escape hatch in the birdcage. And use it. Yeah, apparently this has never been, never been noticed. And then we meet Dildano. <laughs> Delando? Dildano. Who wants to have sex Still the earthling way. Dildano. <laughs> that sounds kind of like something else. Dildano. Dildano. The inventor of the dildo. There we go. Da -da -da -da! <laughs> Did he go back in time? Yeah, grandfather, grand great grandson of the inventor of oh, the, the great Dildano line. Yes, 
the Dono family. So, like, what long live dildo makers? Dildono wants to have sex with Barbarella the Earthling way, and I think then then we find out what happens if your brainwaves aren't synced and you do that because she makes your hair. Yeah, stand she's on it. fine at the end. He's all messed up. And really, she kind of gets what she wants out of it, but it's not that great, and she just kind of phones in the end. Yeah. She's just like, uh, she's like, oh, there's someone in the room. Oh, yeah, you're still having sex with me. What else? <laughs> and then do you want to look at her outfit that she wears at the end of this scene? Oh, is that the, the glass That's boob the cover? plastic blue. Now, she goes through several outfits that have plastic boobs on them. So it was definitely going to be a plastic boob outfit. Yes. It was just a matter of which She didn't have the issue outfit. with the plastic boobs. It was the red or blue or yellow. She went with the blue. Fair. So she goes with the blue, and she... Is caught again? Yeah, she's caught again by the chamber, the, 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 the concierge, who puts her in his essence machine to kill her with pleasure. pleasure. Yes. And Barbarella's capacity to feel pleasure is so much in this bizarre rape organ that is slowly undressing her. Yes. You know, he, he's not, he's not a, you know, a deft enough player of the rape organ to actually, you know, Give her enough pleasure to kill her. I don't know how that analogy quite works anymore. I don't either. But then we discover that the concierge is, in fact, Durand Durand. Yes. Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) But he has aged quickly, even though he's supposed to be a young man. He's aged 30 years due to living on a lake of evil. Apparently, no one else seems hyper-aged, though. Right. The great... The great tyrant. It's just, like, fun. She's kind of hot. Yeah. But, uh, but not... Not Duran Duran. Yes, Duran Duran. Not, not to be confused with Duran Duran. No, no, there... There's a line. <laughs> there's a connection. It's The band is named after the character. Are they really? Yeah. So why couldn't they just call themselves Duran Duran then? Because if you listen to the film, it sounds like Duran Duran. Mm. They don't, you don't hear the D at the end in the film almost at all. Mm. Okay, so so Duran Duran uses his positronic ray to, to decimate the rebels, but we have this museum of fucking weapons in Barbarella's ship, arms the people in the maze. Yes. And then there's, you know, all out fighting. They shoot ray guns that make you explode. We forgot to mention that. Yeah, we haven't mentioned that, you know, one shit hit from any of these weapons. Big, small, whatever. The smallest one she has, which barely, you know, fits right in your hand. The Lady Derringer that she has will make a man explode if it hits you. Right. From the inside. So, and, so he betrays... Barbarella and the Great Tyrant. Yes, he wants to. He wants to rule rule Soto in the Dream World slash Lake of Evil. Yes, he traps them there. He traps them in the, in the Chamber of Dreams. Yes, which is where the Great Tyrant sleeps. Yes, because why not? Well, you know, you gotta have a sleep chamber. Might as well call it Chamber of Dreams. Sure. With the invisible key. Except that it's literally in the dreams. Yes. The invi- two invisible keys, and he managed to steal them both. Yes. So then while he's killing rebels, Barbarella gets out because they get out because of Hyra, right? No, they get out. Okay, so they sink into the Lake of Evil. Right. But the Lake of Evil can't absorb Barbarella because she is so pure and virtuous that it creates a bubble around her. You know, when we recap it, it makes me like it less. (laughs) 
So this is the opposite of Madball? Yes. The recap for Madball made me fall in love with it. <laughs> the recap of this makes you go, this is the like, dumbest oh, film. Oh, really? Really? This is where the plot went? <laughs> so they get out. Pygar's there. Everyone gets to fly. The great tyrant is forgiven. Yes. Now, do we want to go to what, 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 what exactly happens line for line here? If you want. Okay, so Pygar picks up both the great tyrant and Barbarella. Because he's an angel and Barbarella, Barbarella turns to him and says, Why'd you save her? Like, in the air, five minutes later. Yeah. To which he responds, An angel doesn't remember anything. Yes, an angel has no, no memory. memory. So, like, but what if I'm Barbarella and I'm like, But no, she just betrayed us. You should drop her. Well, she never, she never did betray them. Not true. She was just evil. She just ruled the, the city of evil as the great tyrant. Oh, really? The only thing we I can We don't know really... what she was doing. Actually, we have no idea the power of this city. Right. The only thing I can really accuse her of is she obviously just had sex as much as humanly possible. Some sort of weird, you know, Bacchanalian orgies every night. But in any case, that's, that's it. That's the movie. An angel has no memory and cut. Yep. And? And, and film. Yep, that was Barbarella. That's that's the that's that's the moment that's more or less. Oh, Duran Duran dies because you know Lake of Evil. Lake of Evil absorbs him because he's evil. It's tasty. Yeah, apparently, the evil sludge only eats evil, or eats easy, evil easier. But it, it actively chose not to eat Barbarella. But that's because she was so ungodly pure. That it wouldn't even, like, attempt to get the Great Tyrant in the process. Right. She, an aura of goodness surrounds her. Yes. An aura of peace. And, and let's be honest, nudity surrounds that her. The, that, the, that, the, that the bubble, that the monster will not absorb her, make a bubble around her to get her out. It's like indigestion. It puked her up. Yep. Uh, it's important to note that the only cast member I know is, is Jane, Jane Fonda. It's about right. I mean, I don't recognize any of the other... Names. Names at all? No. I didn't really know. I mean, I, I I wasn't sure what the timing was on her being married to the director. I know this was filmed in just a couple weeks. It looks it. Oh, Marcel Marceau is a famous uh, actor in France. He's a... Professor Ping? I'm trying yes. to remember who that was. He was the weird guy with the beard oh, and right, the right, hair right. and the maze. Was it like Marcel Marceau is supposed to be the guy who does like the silent mime. act of mime? Yeah. He was not a mime in this. No. You're safe. It was a really popular film on its release, and spoiler alert, Jane Fonda's naked in it, so... In the opening, in the opening and credits. And in several yeah. other scenes. It's a PG film. Perfectly, you know, with parental guidance. Nothing really objectionable in this film. No, just nudity. It doesn't have It's any... actually very violent free. Yeah. If you don't mind nudity, I think it would be an excellent movie. It's not, you know, negative. It's not sex negative. No. And th- I think that's why this film was. can be viewed as a satire of. Cultural mores. Okay, I could see that. Because if you again, I was I mentioned this at dinner that if you compare this to the James Bond films of the day, absolutely, she's doing the exact same things that James Bond does. Just kind of wandering through the plot, wandering through the plot, having sex, mm-hmm. big explosions. Yeah. No, I agreed with your comparison. Yeah. This is very uh, a James Bond film, and I mean, if that was made today, that would still be kind of shocking. Yeah. But I um. 
And like I said, I, I, I want to reiterate that if you don't care about nudity with your kids, this is like a really good movie to show your kids, honestly, except for the creepy doll part, which will terrify them until the end of days. But it'll terrify anyone. And maybe the bird pecking. Actually, if you're not terrified by the doll scene, I don't want to know you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried now that one day you will snap and, dolls, dolls. and create a more terrifying scene. Uh, but the bird pecking was a little... Bird pecking's a little... Yeah. See, again, after the doll sequence, though... Oh, you were inured. You're, yeah, you're a little inured by any other creeping that's going to happen in this film. Uh, the, the music was actually pretty good. The music, is, it's a nice, funky kind of, set, you know, 60s sound. It, it definitely sets the scene. Yes. Um, I thought the actors were great. Yeah, no, they, none of them felt like they were like making fun of their roles. I feel like they, they were they were playing they were you know, cheering the scenery a little bit, but enough that this is end of the day this is a space opera. I love that the proposed sequel that was supposed to be like happen around sixty eight was called Barbarella Goes Down because there's a there's not a purposeful double entendre there at all. No, it's like Pussy Galore. It's a perfectly viable name. Mm-hmm. But, um, fortunately, no sequels ever happened, and all remakes seem to have been banished to the realm of make-believe. I See, I, I can't see a remake working in the modern day. Like, maybe, like, Guillermo del Toro could pull it off to get some of the, like, the creature look that it has? I think he could probably pull it off. Maybe the Wachowskis, if someone else wrote the script? Ah. I mean, that's why I mean, that's why I don't have a problem with Dark Jupiter Rising. It looked really cool! But they can't, they can't write. I didn't even want to try. At all. This is based on a comic, right? I said it was on a novel. But there is, there, there is source material for this. Based on the Barbarella comics. Okay. By Claude Forrest. Who's a French writer. I would, I would figure this is a, this isn't, this doesn't fit to American sensibilities of what you put in a comic, what you put in a film. See, they say it wasn't well-received, but I, I counter with it was well-received in the UK. I can, yeah. I it, see this doing really pretty well in Europe. And even in America, in North America, it did like two and a half million, which for the time... For the time, yeah, six, this is 68. I can't imagine this, this wasn't going to get wide. This wasn't going to get super wide... The budget. Well, the budget was, uh, I think with infl- I think without inflation, four million, Oops. and its box office was two and a half in the U.S. So that's still a bomb. It's a bit of a bomb there. Definitely. Apparently, in '77, like about ten years later, it got a cult following. I could yeah, it takes a while. You you don't you don't become a cult film overnight. It was re-released in '77, and it became a cult film. Ah, '77. You know, one, one of those demarcation times in in science fiction. It was it was basically it was made before its time. They needed to wait for everyone to be hopped up on goofballs. No, sixty eight is totally the, the period of goofballs. Seventies uh, is as much. I see. I feel like seventies is as much the drug period as the sixties is. Seventy hmm. seven is Star Wars. Yes, you put it. You put it with. People are hot up on space films. So the people watch this want to like pretending it was main, Princess Leia? You keep main, yeah, you keep mainlining more more uh, science fiction in. But in any case, um, did I have any negatives? The plot was the plot's, horrible. No, the plot is not... You know, when you're not watching this film for the plot... No. 
But I like, like, you. the comparison is apt. This is really like James Bond as a girl in space. Yeah. And I think that's how you have to look at this film of, you know, you watch Goldfinger and then watch this. Because, like, all the outfit changes, the weird weapons. <laughs> the weird weapons, the convoluted plot. The wandering through the plot as if just kind of going with the flow. Mm -hmm. No, not actively trying to accomplish anything per se. And everything's with anyone who will let you. Yes. Which is the way of things. In one of these kind of films, it is. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, you know, and again, I think even if this was made today, there would still be an uproar of a female character having sex and not being judged for it mm -hmm. in, a, in a film. It's very possible. See, if, uh, it's, it achieves that weird test, I think, because the girl is a main character, and while... There isn't a second girl, though. So. Yes, there's, it, it, it can't pass the Bechdel test. Well, no, there's the Great Tyrant. There is the Great Tyrant, and um, honestly, while she does talk about the angel, I don't think that's the main I don't think they ever talk about it. I think they talk about things other than a man. Yeah, they talk to, Well, she definitely wants Barbarella, so points mm -hmm. there. So it, it, so it passes the Bechdel test, and, and, she, and but I don't know if Barbarella has agency, so there's sort of another mentality of, could this role be played the same way by a man? Could, you know... There yeah, other, James Bond. Absolutely. But I think that's the, yeah, again, that's the point of this film is that you put a woman in this role and that makes it a, that you, the audience is bringing a different set of cultural hmm. thoughts to it. The, the movie's not going to be for everyone, but I think from a historical perspective, it should be watched. I, I think anyone who likes sci-fi needs to watch it because you will see things that have happened later. Sure. There's definitely, and that, there's definitely places that have homaged back to this and... I think in its own way, it, it, it was a trailblazing film. Uh, I don't really, like I said, I don't, I couldn't pick out another French Italian science fiction piece. Well, we could do something terrible. There's, there's very few good, especially plot wise, good Italian sci-fi. But like my final conclusion is that it was well worth watching. It's well delve worthy. This, this needs a good, a good Blu-ray with like a lot of special features on it, and documentaries and commentaries, and somebody's a you know, Criterion. Put all your stops. Yeah. To make this one happen. Because this, this deserves that treatment. Definitely. I think that would be a very interesting... And I also want to say Workman's Cut, where they don't dub over The Great Tyrant. Yeah. Because she no. was completely dubbed over into English. Right. And I'm not sure exactly what she would have been saying. Probably Italian. She's probably speaking Italian or speaking very broken English. Hmm. Possible. But, in any case, what's next? Next up is a film that you are a big fan of, and I've only seen in chunks. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yay! I like that movie. I know, I know you do. You, you often uh, tick the, the tones. You're do-do-do-do-do. I don't think I've ever ticked the tones. Really? You have. Alright. Not in a while. But, but I'm like an angel. I never forget. Yeah, I'm aware.
Electrify 